Hi guys, this is Mrs. Spetter. I'm going to be reading Percy Jackson, The Lightning Thief, Chapter 15, A God Buys Us Cheeseburgers. The next afternoon, June 14th, seven days before the solstice, our train rolled into Denver. We hadn't eaten since the night before in the dining car, somewhere in Kansas. We hadn't taken a shower since Half-Blood Hill, and I was sure that was obvious. Let's try to contact Chiron, Annabeth said. I want to tell him about your talk with the river spirit. We can't use phones, right? I'm not talking about phones. We wandered through downtown for about a half an hour, though I wasn't sure what Annabeth was looking for. The air was dry and hot, which felt weird. After the humidity of St. Louis, everywhere we turned, the Rocky Mountains seemed to be staring at me like a tidal wave about to crash into the city. Finally, we found an empty do-it-yourself car wash. We veered toward the stall farthest from the street, keeping our eyes open for patrol, patrol cars. We were three adolescents hanging out in a car wash without any car. Any cop worth donuts, worth his donuts would figure we were up to no good. What exactly are we doing? I asked as Grover took out the spray gun. It's 75 cents, he grumbled. I've only got two quarters left. Annabeth, don't look at me, she said. The dining car wiped me out. I fished out my last bit of change and passed Grover a quarter, which left me two nickels and one drachma from Medusa's place. Excellent, Grover said. We could do it with a spray bottle, of course, but the connection isn't as good, and my arm, my arm gets tired of pumping. What are you talking about? He fed in the quarters and set the knob to find mist. I'm in instant messaging. Iris messaging, Annabeth corrected. The rainbow goddess Iris carries messages for the gods. If you know how to ask and she's not too busy, she'll do the same for half-bloods. You summon the goddess with a spray gun? Grover pointed to the nozzle in the air, and water hissed in, out into a thick white mist. Unless you know an easier way to make a rainbow. Sure enough, late afternoon light filtered through the vapor and broke into colors. Annabeth held her palm out to me. Drachma, please. I handed it over. She raised the coin over her head. Oh, goddess, accept our offering. She threw the drachma into the rainbow and it disappeared in a golden shimmer. Half-blood hill, Annabeth requested. For a moment, nothing happened. Then I was looking through the mist at strawberry fields and the Long Island sound in the distance. We seemed to be on the porch of a big house, of the big house, standing with his back to us at the railing with a sandy-haired, was a sandy-haired guy in shorts and an orange tank top. He was holding a bronze sword and seemed to be staring intently at something down in the meadow. Luke, I called. He turned, eyes wide. I could swear he was standing three feet in front of me through a screen of mist, except I could only see the part of him that appeared in the rainbow. Percy! His scarred face broke into a grin. Is that Annabeth too? Thank the gods. Are you guys okay? We're, uh, fine, Annabeth stammered. She was madly straightening, straightening her dirty t-shirt, trying to comb through the loose hair on her face. We thought, Chiron, I mean, he's down at the cabins, 
Luke's smile faded. We're having some issues with the campers. Listen, is everything cool with you? Is Grover all right? I'm right here, Grover called. He held the nozzle out to one side and stepped into Luke's line of vision. What kind of issues? Just then, a big Lincoln Continental pulled into the car wash with its stereo turned up to maximum hip-hop. As the car slid into the stall, the bass from the subwoofers vibrated so much that it shook the pavement. Chiron had to... What's that noise? Luke yelled. I'll take care of it. Annabeth yelled back, looking very relieved to have an excuse to get out of sight. Grover came on. What? Grover said. But give Percy the nozzle and come on, she ordered. Grover muttered something about girls being harder to understand than the Oracle at Delphi. And then he handed me the spray gun and followed Annabeth. I readjusted the hose so I could keep the rainbow going and still see Luke. Chiron had to break up a fight, Luke shouted to me over the music. Things are pretty tense here, Percy. Word leaked out about the Zeus-Poseidon standoff. We're still not sure how. Probably the same scumbag who summoned the Hellhound. Now the campers are starting to take sides. It's shaping up like the Trojan War all over again. Aphrodite, Ares, Apollo are backing Poseidon, more or less. Athena is backing Zeus. I shudder, the, I shudder to think that Clarice's cabin would ever be on my dad's side for anything. In the next stall, I heard Annabeth and some guy arguing with each other. Then the music's volume decreased drastically. So what's your status? Luke asked me. Chiron will be sorry he missed you. I told him pretty much everything, including my dreams. It felt so good to see him. To, to feel like I was back at camp even for a few minutes that I didn't realize how long I had talked until the beeper went off on the spray machine, and I realized I only had one more minute before the water shut off. I wish I could be there, Luke told me. We can't help much from here. I'm afraid, but listen, it had to be Hades who took the master bolt. He was there at Olympus at the winter solstice. I was chaperoning a field trip and we saw him. But Chiron said the guys, the guy, the gods can't take each other's magic items directly. That's true, Luke said, looking troubled. Still, Hades has stolen the Helm of Darkness. How could anybody else sneak into the throne room and steal the Master Bolt? You'd have to be invisible. We were both silent until Luke seemed to realize what he'd said. Oh, hey, he protested. I didn't mean Annabeth. She and I have known each other forever. She would never. I mean, she's like a little sister to me. I wondered if Annabeth would like that description. In the stall next to us, the music stopped completely. A man screamed in terror, car doors slammed, and the Lincoln peeled out of the car wash. You'd better go see what that was, Luke said. Listen, are you wearing the flying shoes? I'll feel better if I know they've done you some good. Oh, uh, yeah. I tried not to sound like a guilty liar. Yeah, they've come in really handy. Really? He grinned. They fit and everything? The water shut off. The mist had started to evaporate. Well, take care of yourself out there in Denver, Luke called, his voice getting fainter. And tell Grover it'll be better this time. Nobody will get turned into a pine tree if he just... But the mist was gone and Luke's image faded to nothing. I was all alone in a wet, empty car wash stall. Annabeth and Grover came around the corner laughing, but stopped when they saw my face. Annabeth's smile faded. 
What happened, Percy? What did Luke say? Not much. I lied, my stomach feeling as empty as a big three cabin. Come on, let's find some dinner. A few minutes later, we were sitting in a, at a booth in a gleaming chrome diner. All around us, families were eating burgers and drinking malts and soda. Finally, the waitress came over. She raised her eyebrows skeptically. Well, I said, we um, want to order dinner. You kids have money to pay for it? Grover's lip quivered. I was afraid he would start ble bleeding or worse, start eating the linoleum. Annabeth looked ready to pass out from hunger. I was trying to think up a sob story for the waitress when a rumble shook the whole building. A motorcycle the size of a baby elephant had pulled up to the curb. All conversation in the diner stopped. The motorcycle's headlight glared red. Its gas tank had flames painted on it. A shotgun holster riveted to either side, complete with shotguns. The seat was leather, but the leather looked like, well, Caucasian human skin. The guy on the bike would have made pro wrestlers run for mama. He was dressed in a red muscle shirt and black jeans and a black leather duster with a hunting knife strapped to his thigh. He wore red wraparound shades and he had the cruelest, most brutal face I've ever seen and handsome I guess but wicked with an oily black crew cut and cheeks that were scarred from many many fights the weird thing was I felt like I'd seen his face somewhere before as he walked into the diner a hot dry wind blew through the place all the people rose as if they were hypnotized but the biker waved his hand dismissively and they all sat down again everybody went back to their conversations the waitress blinked as if somebody had just pressed the rewind button on her brain. She asked us again, you kids have money to pay for it? The biker said, it's on me. He slid into our booth, which was way too small for him. And he crowded Annabeth against the window. He looked up at the waitress who was gaping at him and said, are you still here? He pointed at her and she stiffened. She turned as if she'd been spun around, and then she marched back toward the kitchen. The biker looked at me. I couldn't see his eyes behind the red shades, but I had but bad feelings started boiling in my stomach. Anger, resentment, bitterness. I wanted to hit a wall. I wanted to pick a fight with somebody. Who did this guy think he was? He gave me a wicked grin. So you're old seaweeds, kid, huh? I should have been surprised or scared, but instead I felt like I was looking at my stepdad, Gabe. I wanted to rip this guy's head off. What's it to you? Annabeth's eyes flashed me a warning. Percy, this is... The biker raised his hand. It's okay, he said. I don't mind a little attitude, long as you remember who's the boss. You know who I am, little cousin? Then it struck me why this guy looks so familiar. He had the same vicious sneer at some of the kids as some of the kids at half at Camp Halfblood, the ones from Cabin Five. You're Clarice's dad, I said. Ares, god of war. Ares grinned and took off his shades. Where his eyes should have been, there was only fire, empty sockets glowing with miniature nuclear nuclear explosions. That's right, punk. I heard you broke Clarice's spear. She was asking for it. 
probably. That's cool. I don't fight for my kid. I don't fight my kids' fights. You know, what I'm what I'm here for. I heard you were in town. I got a little proposition for you. The waitress came back with heaping trays of food, cheeseburgers, fries, onion rings, and chocolate shakes. Aries handed her a few gold drachmas. She looked nervously at the coins, but these aren't. Aries pulled out his huge knife and started cleaning his fingernails. Problem, sweetheart? The waitress swallowed and then left with the gold. You can't do that, I told Aries. You can't just threaten people with a knife. Aries laughed. Are you kidding? I love this country. Best place since Sparta. Don't you carry a weapon, punk? You should. Dangerous world out there, which brings me to my proposition. I need you to do me a favor. What favor could I do for a god? Something a god doesn't have time to do himself. It's nothing much. I left my shield in an abandoned water park here in town. I was going on a little date with my girlfriend. We were interrupted. I left my shield behind and I want you to go fetch it for me. Why don't you go back and get it yourself? The fire in his eye sockets glowed a little hotter. Why don't I turn you into a prairie dog? Why don't I turn you into a prairie dog and you run over with my Harley and run you over with my Harley because I don't feel like it. A God is giving you an opportunity to prove yourself. Percy Jackson. Will you prove yourself a coward? He leaned forward. Or maybe you only fight when there's a river to dive into. So your daddy can't protect you. I wanted to punch this guy, but somehow I knew he was waiting for that. Aries' power was causing my anger. He loved it. He'd love it if I attacked. I didn't want to give him the satisfaction. We're not interested, I said. We've already got a quest. Aries' fiery eyes made me see things I didn't want to. Blood and smoke and corpses on the battlefield. I know all about your quest, punk. When that item was first stolen, Zeus sent his best out looking for it. Apollo, Athena, Artemis, and me, naturally. If I couldn't sniff out a weapon that powerful, he licked his lips as if the very thought of the master bolt made him hungry. Well, if I couldn't find it, you got no hope. Nevertheless, I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. Your dad and I go way back. After all, I'm the one who told him my suspicions about corpse breath. You told him Hades stole the bolt? Sure, framing somebody else to start a war? Oldest trick in the book. I recognized it immediately. In a way, you got me to thank for your little quest. Thanks, I grumbled. Hey, I'm a generous guy. Just do my little job and I'll help you on your way. I'll arrange a ride west for you and your friends. We're doing fine on our own. Yeah, right. No money, no wheels, no clue what you're up against. Help me out and maybe I'll tell you something you need to know. Something about your mom. My mom? He grinned. That got your attention. The water park is a mile west on Delancey. You can't miss it. Look for the Tunnel of Love ride. What interrupted your date, I asked. Something scare you off? Aries barred his teeth, but I'd seen his threatening look before on Clarice. There was something false about it, almost like he was nervous. You're lucky you met me, punk. And not one of the other Olympians. They're not as forgiving of rudeness as I am. I'll meet you back here when you're done. 
don't disappoint me. After that, I must have fainted or fallen into a trance, because when I opened my eyes, again, Ares was gone. I might have thought the conversation had, had been a dream, but Annabeth and Grover ex Grover's expression told me otherwise. Not good, Grover said. Ares sought you out, Percy. This is not good. I stared out the window. The motorcycle had disappeared. Did Ares really know something about my mom, or was he just playing with me? Not Now that he was gone, all the anger had drained out of me. I realized Ares must love to mess with people's emotions. That was his power. Cranking up the passion so badly, they clouded their ability to think. It's probably some kind of trick, I said. Forget Ares, let's just go. We can't, Annabeth said. Look, I hate Ares as much as anybody, but you don't ignore the gods unless you want serious bad fortune. He wasn't kidding about turning you into a rodent. I looked down at my cheeseburger, which suddenly didn't seem so appetizing. Why does he need us? Maybe it's a problem that requires brains, Annabeth said. Ares has strength. Ares has strength. That's all he has. Even strength has to bow to wisdom sometimes. But this water park? He acted almost scared. What would make a war god run away like that? Annabeth and Grover glanced nervously at each other. Annabeth said, I'm afraid we'll have to find out. The sun was sinking behind the mountains by the time we found the water park. Judging from the sign, it once had been called Waterland. But now some of the letters were smashed out, so it read W-A-T-R-A-D. The main gate was padlocked and topped with barbed wire. Inside, huge dry water slides and tubs and pipes curled everywhere, leading to empty pools. Old tickets and advertisements fluttered around the asphalt. With night coming on, the place looked sad and creepy. If Aries brings his girlfriend here for a date, I said, staring up at the barbed wire, I hate to see what she looks like. Percy, Annabeth warned, be more respectful. Why? I thought you hated Aries. He's still a god, and his girlfriend is very temperamental. You don't want to insult her looks, Grover added. Who is she? Echidna? No, Aphrodite, Grover said a little dreamily. Goddess of love. I thought she was married to somebody, I said. What's your point, he asked. Oh, I suddenly felt the need to change the subject. So how do we get in? Maya, Grover's shoes sprouted rings. He flew over the fence and he did an unintended somersault in midair and then stumbled to a landing on the opposite side. He dusted off his jeans as if he'd planned the whole thing. You guys coming? Annabeth and I had to climb the old-fashioned way, holding down the barbed wire for each other as we crawled over the top. The shadows grew long as we walked through the park, checking out the attractions. There was an ankle-biter island, head-over wedgie, and dude, where's my swimsuit? No monsters came to get us. Nothing made the, light, the, light, the slightest noise. We found a souvenir shop that had been left open. Merchandise still lined the shelves. Snow globes, pencils, postcards, and racks of clothes, Annabeth said. Fresh clothes. Yeah, I said, but you can't just 
watch me, she snatched an entire row of stuff off the racks and disappeared into the changing room. A few minutes later, she came out in a Waterland flower print shorts, a big red Waterland t-shirt, and a commemorative Waterland surf shoes. A Waterland backpack was slung over her shoulder, obviously stuffed with more goodies. What the heck? Grover shrugged. Soon all three of us were decked out like walking advertisements for the defunct theme park. We continued searching for the tunnel of love. I got the feeling that the whole park was holding its breath. So Aries and Aphrodite, I said, to keep my mind off the growing dark. They have a thing going. That's old gossip, Percy, Annabeth told me. 3,000-year-old gossip. What about Aphrodite's husband? Well, you know. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.